I'm like super scared every time I change the pricing. Oh, I'm yeah. like, we're going to lose the business. It's over. We're dead. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. This is what we've been feeling for the last couple of months. <laughs> but I, it feels like I'm holding my breath. You know, it's like, it's either going to like go and like we're going to succeed and, and, you know, hit all our goals or it's just going to flop. <laughs> Hey, bootstrappers! Welcome to Bootstrap Stories, the podcast where founders, marketers, and thoughtful leaders share the most actionable tips on building a successful business. After meeting with hundreds of bootstrappers in the past years, I figured out that we all struggle to grow our businesses. But the truth is that most of us don't know where to ask for help or advice. That's why I decided to start this podcast, to give you all the keys to succeed at every stage of your business, all the tested strategies for solving your struggles and taking your business to a new level. No fluff, no bullshit, only a real talk between friends that help each other succeed. Today, my guest for this episode is Sarah Hum, the founder of Canny. Sarah, welcome to Bootstrap Stories. Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Like, as I was mentioning, like, before we get started, I saw, you know, like your tweet and the story and I was like, okay, we have to have her on the show. So <laughs> before we like, you know, dive into like your story and everything, can you give and our audience like a bit more uh, overview of what Canny does? When did you start it? How big is the company now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, like, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. I mean, <laughs> bootstrapping is not easy. So just meeting anybody else, like doing the same thing, I feel like we, we know, you know? Um, so I'm Sarah. I, uh, by origins, I'm actually a product designer. Nice. Um, so I, I worked, you know, the usual nine to five uh, before starting Canny. And we started Canny, we launched in 2017, um, and we are now a team of 11, still a small team. That's and cool. we, I think last month we broke 2.5 million ARR. So nice. yeah, just cruising <laughs> along, having a good time. Uh, just to uh, tell you a little about Canny, Canny is primarily a product feedback tool, but our really our main goal is to help product teams make good decisions. Like build the best product that they can. You know, Kenny's customers are mostly software companies and really it helps them collect the feedback, but also make sense of it to inform what they, what they work on. No, that's, that's really cool. And I think like, uh, I love the, the way you shape the team, you know, like 11 people being like super revenue efficient. I actually think that we should celebrate more, you know, like the the revenue per employees and the fundraised <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love keeping the team small and it just, it like, it's kind of cheesy. Like people always say, you know, their team feels like a family, but it, it really does, it does because of how small we are, you <laughs> know, and we know very much about each other and like we know each other outside of work. So I love that. And what, what was like, uh, your strategy in the early days? Like, mm -hmm. was, was it like your intention from the start? Like keep the team as small as possible or at the beginning you were like, okay, let's do something with hundreds of people. Yeah. I mean, I think for me anyway, and, and to be clear, the, uh, I'm one of the co-founders, Andrew is my other co-founder. And I think me personally, very heavily, I was very much into the bootstrapping world, really wanted to like own everything that we do, you know? Um, and so coming from Silicon Valley, especially we both Andrew and I, we worked at Facebook for about a year and a half each and know that world, you know, know the world yeah. where there's tens of thousands <laughs> of employees. Um, we see people in Silicon Valley, you know, raising money left and right, even before they have a product. And that just kind of blows my mind a little bit. You know, <laughs> I think with bootstrapping, it's very much 
you you have to make money in order to survive you have to and that really shows that you're building a product of value so that was really important for me anyway um but yeah as i said i'm a product designer and andrew is a software engineer so it was very much us being product founders just really wanting to build a cool tool um you know, as product people, we always are looking at other products and we're like, this could be better. That could be better. <laughs> so, you know, we're looking for a way to, for people to take our feedback as their users. Um, and there wasn't really a good way of doing that. And so Candy re- eventually became what well, was our solution to that, you know, really help teams not create this black hole where feedback just goes and dies, you know? Um, so. And do you use Candy really at Candy? Of course, of course, one hundred percent. And in a lot of ways, yeah, I love it. Like what we decide to build is because we want it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> which is what I love, right? Like this would really help us prioritize. It must help other people. So I love that part of it. And, uh, yeah, I, I understand. Using your own tool is like the best, uh, the best way to yeah. build it and uh, and grow it as well. Exactly. And I'm quite curious because you you mentioned that uh, Andrew, your co-founder, is like on the tech side. You're on the product mm-hmm. side, so. You know, like getting started, you, you, who's in charge of the business? Like who did marketing, who did sales? How did you acquire the first customer? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely like marketing. The sales side was definitely a weakness. I think we definitely leaned heavily into the marketing side versus the sales side. You know, we started right away. We started blogging. We're not writers, but we can write you know, and we can tell stories. And that's really what we did is, you know, we did four pricing changes in our first year. Let's write about that. Let's just tell people what happened, you know? So it's not like we're giving people advice. This is how you should do something, but this is what happened to us and what we learned from that experience. You can't really say, okay, you know, you know, (laughs) I disagree with you. You know, it's my, it's my journey. You can't really disagree with what happened to me. And so that was really a nice way to build our brand and show, Hey, we're doing something, check it out. We might have some learning lessons to send to you. Um, But yeah, we, we knew it was going to be important marketing, like, come build and they will come, you know, that thing just doesn't exist. Um, So it was very much like, how can we market in the way that we know how, you know, Um, which was very limiting. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and the first users like uh, of Canny, like how did you, how did you got started? And yeah, yeah. I mean, Canny itself, uh, and this is going kind of deep into the past, but was kind of an offshoot of an older tool that we built called Product Pains, which was a community where anybody could give feedback about anything. Okay. So think about giving <laughs> feedback to like Uber or Yelp or, you know, some of the, a lot of those consumer products. Mm. Um, and eventually some people started looking at it saying, Hey, maybe I can use this for my product. Um, which is where we were like, okay, that makes sense. Let's flip it into a SaaS tool, not this mm. weird like consumer <laughs> community thing. The complaint <laughs> you know, people center. Are actually gonna get, exactly, exactly. Like come here and uh, it's called product pains, first of all, which was <laughs> like, give me some feedback on product pains, which is like very just cringy. Um, so we flipped it around, rebranded to Canny. You know, a lot of people from there ended up being our first SaaS customers. Um, so that was really nice. Um, Andrew worked on the react native team at facebook and they were like hey maybe we can use candy and so we're like by all means you know and and (laughs) candy to this day uh is gives free subscriptions to these open source like libraries things that enable other developers um so that is amazing um and they were able to expose candy to more people and so that was really nice it's something that we still rely on today is like people who use 
Canny show Canny to their customers. And yeah. their customers now know about Canny and they're like, well, maybe we should use this for our tool. And so that's like free marketing for us really, which is really nice. So do you, do you have like a, a bit like intercom, like a, a backlink directly? Like exactly. From, okay. And, exactly. And, and is this backlink? Cause I was talking with uh, Marta from uh, Flowdesk. So it's like mm -hmm. a kind of newsletter uh, tool okay. where, yeah. where they also have like this link Uh, in order like to, to refer like uh, a bit like it was, you know, with Hotmail back in the day, like send with Hotmail or like something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. on her hand, what she's decided to do is that each person signing up, actually each person is an affiliate. So each of the customers is an affiliate. So every time they send, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they give money back or something. Is, right, it, so right, is right. it something you do or is it just like a backlink that you get? Yeah, and no, it's nothing like sophisticated like that. It's really just like, it's powered by Canny. It's in small text, but people who want to find out what the tool is, they will figure it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, that's all it is. You click it. It goes to like a specific landing page nice. um, that's dedicated to it, but nothing fancy. <laughs> ah, that's cool. That's, that's really cool. And yeah. uh, you were mentioning that word of mouth was, you know, like the, the good, like the, the big source of revenue and new customers. Yeah, uh, totally. And is there like any other channels that you kind of like developed over time? You were mentioning like marketing and content, but can you maybe like dig in a bit more? Yeah, yeah totally. So, I mean, those are the, those are the main things I would say it was the blog, you know, just getting our brand. I think that has carried us for a long way. So it's something that we start very early and I would recommend any like new founder to do. So it's like, just start writing anything, even if you don't think it's like a thought piece, you know, it's like, just, just get your name out there, publish it. You know, we put it on Hacker News. We get some, a couple of times we hit the front page and got, you know, a lot of eyeballs based on that. Um, but yes, from there, like the organic channel powered by Kenny, that's super, super helpful. Um, I think just, yeah, just building the right integrations, building the right features, like all of that stuff is, it just gets people stuck on the product. And the more they can do that, the more they will push us as a feedback tool and the more they will use us, which is, it just keeps the thing spinning, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, the flywheel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, what have, what has been like, uh, Or what is currently like the, the biggest challenge for you? Like, Yeah, I mean, whenever I think about challenges, it's not really ever something about Canny or Canny, the product itself. It's very much like our, like one of our other big weaknesses is we are also first-time managers, mm. you know? And that is, it, it, it totally depends on who you're managing too, yeah. right? And people <laughs> want to manage it different ways. People take feedback in different ways. And so just really learning how to be managers and having hard conversations, stuff like that. Like make sure the team is happy and filled. Like that's, that's like the meat and the stuff that's in my brain all the time. And it's not, <laughs> it's not clear. You know, if there's a feature, I'm like, Oh yeah, we, this is how we do it. <laughs> When it's people, who knows? <laughs> we never know. So yeah. how, how did you like uh, learn or train or what's like uh, the things you've done yeah. that seems to have worked? Yeah, I think the big jump in my mind is going from having output that is tangible, you know, like here's the design that I did this week to something that's very not tangible. You know, you're giving feedback to people, you you're you're helping unblock them. It's it, at the end of the day you're not like here's what I did, you know? Yeah. Um so it's really very much I think relying on feedback from others to to reassure me that they're happy or they have what they need, um, stuff like that. And it's, it's very loosey goosey and fluffy, which is hard for me. Um, I'm very much used to 
the solids. Like <laughs> I can see it right in front of my eyes. Whereas management is so, it's so fluffy. <laughs> I don't know I think, if you feel yeah. the same. No, I I hundred percent feel you. I I think yeah. it's uh what what's very difficult, as you said. You know, it's like it really depends on the person you're managing. And I think like to me, management is easy when you nail HR. But to nail HR, you need to do like tons of mistakes. So most yeah. of the time, it's like your management is going to be hard. It means that you just didn't hire the right person, to be honest, mm -hmm. because. You know, like down yeah. the line, you you know where you want to lead, you know what you want to do, yeah. but yeah, and it's tough, but it's tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those those like when I say hard conversations, like a lot of it's that. Like sometimes, you know, we make the wrong hire, mm. and the the whole you know hire slow, fire fast thing. I like I see it. You know, it's just yeah. like if you linger too long, it affects everyone else, and that's definitely not something you want to do, right? Especially at our size. <laughs> and so it's like. <laughs> It's a hard conversation, but you need to have it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think like, uh, but as time goes, I think like in in any case, you know, with HR, what I told myself, like maybe to, to make it easier, but it's, it's just like down the line, you know, like the person feels it too, you know, like if it's not yeah. a fit, it's not a fit. It's, yeah. uh, and it's easy to say like, it's not you, it's me and it's, mm -hmm. uh, or it's us as a company, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, I don't feel it's a, a good, like a uh, fit anymore. And, yeah. and then, you know, it's, uh. Yeah, it's, it's also part of life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, for me, I feel like if we're having that conversation about letting you go, you shouldn't be like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> totally shocked, right? Like, yeah. we should have had conversations before to work mm. to see if there's, you know, something we can change or, mm. you know, an issue, miscommunication, whatever it is. Um, but then, yeah, if it ends up being that decision where, you know, we need to move on, They shouldn't be shocked. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so far, like, uh, how is uh, the team uh, split? Like what are the departments or number of people in each team? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's primarily product people. We have four engineers. Okay. Um, we have two in marketing, one in sales, one in support, one in success. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think we'll always be a product led team. Like that's what we as the founders know, and that's where we think, you know, a lot of things branch off of. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, we hire people to be owners in their areas, you know, and, and that's another challenge is like delegation and really trusting the people mm. that we hire. I think that's hard, right? Like, like for me, I'm just like, I need to, I need to see everything, mm. but like, what's the point of bringing on these like really smart people if you're not gonna, you know, give them the yeah. space to breathe and, 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 the authority to do things. So yeah. I, I, I think it's a challenge. And at the same time, you know, like, um, there were, uh, I, I don't remember the name, the last name, the, the guy's name, Jerry, uh, the guy who wrote like, uh, Seinfeld. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So th that guy basically said like, uh, that's, you know, like Seinfeld was Seinfeld because he was a micromanager He's like, I was editing everything, like every right. single copy. And, and that, and he's, he was saying like, this is why it was successful. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, I'm like, because there is this famous saying, you know, like, uh, which states like, um, you need to hire like uh, smarter people than you are, yes. et cetera. And yeah. sometimes, you know, you're like, it's tough. I mean, you know, like, uh, because smarter people are usually like business owners <laughs> who are like <laughs> at a whole new stage, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. And, and you're not going to hire them. So yeah. I, I, I think like, uh, I think it really depends on profile, as you said, but, um, To me, micromanagement 
on like more junior profile is not such like a, an issue. And I think yeah. micro, micromanagement, I think is an issue if mm -hmm. you're doing it like uh, after the onboarding period. But if it's just like, uh, you know, like for like a few months just to help leveling up people, yeah. it makes sense. Why? Like, I, I see you laughing. So I know like- uh, Yeah, no, I think it's just, I think it's just it, again, it's something where it depends on the person. Yeah, and I that's think, true. Um, like we try to hire experts in like maybe specific areas and not, yeah. you know, I'm an expert at everything. It's very yeah. much like I know, you know, uh, paid advertisement or, you know, whatnot. Yeah. Um, and so in those areas, we should be able to rely on those people. Yeah. They should be better than me at paid advertisement because I <laughs> I know nothing <laughs> about it. And so I should be okay with letting them have that. Yeah. Even though, you know, they're handling our money and whatever is, and it's very like touchy, like, <laughs> I think this is a problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> look at the metrics. I think that's a yeah. big thing that we're we're now transitioning and learning more about. Is yeah. like, if you have metrics in place, that yeah. keeps people accountable. But then there is always this question: like, what are how exactly are tracked the metrics? <laughs> what is your tracking system? Never ending problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but but I agree with you. I think like uh, actually for ads. I think it's a very like I'm in the same straight like spot as you like I've never run ads like we're trying to hire someone in ads etc but the truth is like if you don't have like what I did actually for ads and I was I I kind of liked it is like I had someone from my team who I could like really really trust like 100% someone mm -hmm. who doesn't need to be micromanaged etc mm -hmm. and then I took like a outside coach on the specific nice. uh, so to train yeah. them to do ads Yeah. And I think for me, I think this is maybe like on, you know, whenever there are like areas where you might spend a lot and, uh, you know, like invest heavily, yeah. I think yeah. it's smart to have like uh, potentially like uh, either like the best agency or some, some, someone who has been really recommended as a freelancers. Yeah. And then you tell him, okay, like I've got this person in my team is an A player, super smart. Can I pay you like a daily, like premium price? And right. instead of just setting up our ads, you train that person. Right. Right. No, that's really, that's really cool. Right. Because then you have someone you trust and someone who knows your business already. Yeah. So yeah, they have a lot more context than, you know, an agency would, but teaching them just like the hard skills. I think that that's really smart. And that that's something that we're kind of doing as well, like specifically for ads, like we nice. have, you know, one of our marketers who um, was more, you know, broad and she was doing content with us early on, um, but has shown an interest in ads. So she's, we're like, you know, Learn. Sure. Like you, you <laughs> yeah, help go you. for it. You know, yeah. like, like I don't want to just bring someone in just because they know ads. And when, when you're showing all this passion for it, like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and what's like the, the hiring plan for this year? Do you, how, yeah, I'm curious, like, how do you hire? Is it, yeah. do you only hire when it hurts? Like how, what's the, what's the process? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing like, yeah, kind of, yeah, but not, not on purpose almost. It's like, we just like hiring takes so much time you know, like it's, it takes a lot of resources. It takes a lot of time from everyone else on the team who is on the, on the loop doing the interviews. And so we kind of go through phases, um, <laughs> depending on how busy we are. Like in the last couple months, we were working on a big pricing change. And so that took a lot of our brain and, and daily energy. Um, but before that we were, you know, like, let's bring on more people because we know we need it. Yeah. Um, and so it's probably, we're probably going to start this another phase soon, but yeah, I think we look at the areas where we're hurting. Um, I think engineering is maybe a little bit of an outlier because we just always have an open rule for it. Yeah. If we see someone who's <laughs> legit, we're like, yes, 
just like even if we yeah. don't need it need it right yeah. now like <laughs> they don't they're so rare i yeah, feel yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like yeah. open roll forever that's um, funny we have the yeah. same mindset with engineers it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's hard and and yeah. yeah so with every other role it's like where are we hurting the most where should we put our hiring energy to and then we'll do it that way um when it comes to the actual interviews it's very much about the fit like yes bottom line like you need the skills and you need to convince us that you're good at your job but a big a big big part of it is talk to the rest of the team have some like just hangout type interviews where we just see if you're a good fit uh, because very much we're we're the gatekeepers of our culture here right yeah And so if we let that go, it's like, what even matters, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's super important. Yeah. And I, and I think like, yeah, the, the part of hiring is, is just like really tricky in the end. Like I agree with you about the fit. I think that's the most important because the skills can always be learned, but you, exactly. you won't change uh, someone's mindset. Because you mentioned like several times. So I must ask, because you said like, You changed your pricing like oh. four years in the first year. And right now you just said like, we went on to some like really big project about like pricing change. So I'm like, I'm like, come on. Are you like changing your pricing again? <laughs> like what, yeah. what, what's, what's your strategy actually? I'm super curious because usually founders or at least me, uh, I'm like super scared every time I change the pricing. Oh, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like sweating. I'm like, oh my God, like we're going to lose the business. It's over. We're dead. <laughs> A hundred percent, a hundred percent. This is what we've been feeling for the last couple of months. <laughs> we launched a new pricing a couple of weeks ago now. Okay. okay. And it's not official. Like we're still in the transition period. You know, we want to give some people, people time to make their decision. Um, but I, it feels like I'm holding my breath, you know, it's like, it's either going to like go and like, we're going to succeed and, and, you know, hit all our goals or it's just going to flop. <laughs> And it's like, what is it? Like, what's happening? Um, we don't, we didn't do pricing, right? I would say like, I wouldn't, maybe this is like an opportunity for people to learn from the mistakes we've made. <laughs> But the first year in business, we did four pricing changes. And that was when it was just me and Andrew still. Uh, we were just iterating, right? Like iterate quick. We barely have any customers. So it doesn't affect many people at all. It doesn't matter. Just change it. I remember on our, I think our third or fourth pricing change, We literally decided what to change and then changed it in a day. <laughs> <laughs> and the most recent change took us like two months. Wow. So, <laughs> It's so just what? affecting so much more, so many more people that we just needed to make sure things were right. And we still didn't do everything right. So whenever you're changing pricing, you don't grandfather your existing users. You just change pricing for everyone or how I does think it this work? Is, yeah, I think this is like commonly just debated. Uh, but in our first year i'm pretty sure we grandfathered most people mm -hmm. um i'm pretty sure we did i mean it feels so long <laughs> ago now but yeah i i think we grandfathered people this most recent time we instead of doing the grandfathering we did for existing customers you get 25 off for the next six months and so you get a little bit of a bonus for being a, a, an existing customer but you're not grandfathered forever you know and i <laughs> And I think like the advice is different, but I just feel like our team is consistently shipping new stuff. Yeah, and they should be rewarded order, for yeah, it. Yeah, in order to sh in yeah, order yeah. to support <laughs> ongoing development of a tool that you like, like mm. <laughs> pay them more money, <laughs> you know. And I think it, it was hard because we we pretty much doubled our prices, and so. <laughs> 
Nice. Everyone's like, <laughs> it didn't, well, it, it wasn't everyone, but it felt yeah. like a lot of people were like, whoa, what are you doing? This is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you zoom out a little bit, we haven't changed pricing in like four years. <laughs> and we've we've improved the product significantly. <laughs> Not that they care, right? This is more like on our side. It's like, mm. this is our first change in four years. <laughs> they, they don't care. They, they just care about what their bill is. So now um, you just doubled price. Is that correct? So like the, the new one, like right now that's out is yes, a 2X. The current okay. one is 2X. But, okay. you know, if we had done it, maybe more properly, we would have done, you know, $50 increase, $100 mm. increase, more incremental. Um, and then maybe the response wouldn't have been as bad. But honestly, back then we just had no, we had no time. I felt, I felt we had no time to make these changes. And so it was just like, let's just rip the bandaid. Let's just do a big change. And, you know, for the first week, it felt like things were exploding and we were going to die. Okay. <laughs> but really, if you take, if you zoom out and actually take a look at the numbers, we're fine. You know, nice. <laughs> it just felt like it because support was like on fire, <laughs> but it's not that bad. <laughs> so, so how, how exactly? Cause I think it could be like really beneficial for our like mm-hmm. audience. Like when you have a price change, mm-hmm. how exactly do you operate it? Like, is it an email sent two weeks in advance, then a week? Yeah. And yeah. do you actually have people to opt in on the new change or is it like automatic and you, you, you believe that, They have read the email. That's fine. Yeah. Or- yeah. Yeah. So I, and I'm not saying this is right, but basically what we did is gave a month notice. A okay. lot of people complained about that and said that was not long enough. <laughs> well, I yeah, feel like but- if we gave two months, they would still come say the same thing. Yeah, so, exactly. No, no a month, a month to me is like, yeah, largely. Yeah. yeah. Like you can give, give yourself some time to figure out, do you want to transition yeah. off the tool? Do you want to? upgrade, you want to downgrade, whatever. Something I, I didn't mention is yes, we double pricing, but we also introduced a free plan. Okay. Okay. The first time that Canny has ever been free. Um, I think our messaging was a little off. Like people, people just saw the $400 price and that's <laughs> why they freaked out a lot. But we're like, okay, hold on. I think you qualify for the free plan. And then they're like, oh, All is well. <laughs> well, actually, I like you. You just yeah. got a five-star review. I know. It's very confusing. Um, but yeah, logistically, we did one month uh, notice. And then we had, I think it went up yesterday. Uh, we had a two-week notice. Uh, just a reminder, you know, this is happening in two weeks. I think we have another one. I think we have two more. Three days in advance and then day of. So I feel like that's good. I don't, it's happening right now. So I don't really have the like all the feedback, but I feel like if I think about it myself and I have, you know, one of our vendors is increasing their prices a month is reasonable. Give me a couple of reminders. I feel like that's good to go. Yeah. Um, we'll see. No, but in terms of how it actually works in the product, really they wait when they go in the product, it says, you know, if you don't do anything, this is what will happen mm. based on their usage, based on, you know, what plan they qualify for. If you want to move to a different option, Here's what you have to do. Okay. Um, so there's a default path and that makes it easy because if nobody does anything, whatever yeah. happens. Um, otherwise they have options. And I think that's a, one of the core things is people need to know that they have other options and ways yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so I think as long as you do that, yeah. yeah and I think the fine. grandfathering question is totally different. Like people can, people can grandfather, but I, f- I feel like you're leaving a lot of money on the t- table, depending on how far along, I guess you are in your business. Um, 
Yeah, now but you're making me rethink like our strategy when we increase price because <laughs> we're I mean, grandfathered. We're grandfathered, yeah. and and I think like I mean it's a legit point like you're making because, in my opinion, you know like you have two ways of seeing it. It's like mm -hmm. as you said, I do believe that you need to reward like the technical team, like they're working their asses off, like the mm -hmm. the product is evolving, people mm -hmm. get more value out of it, so it's it makes sense. But then on the other hand, you can say like. Yeah, but this guy was there early and exactly. they were also supporting yeah. the growth, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But again, I think um, even though we grandfathered like uh, like people when we changed pricing, I do feel like I'm much more on the same page as you because again, like if you are supporting a tool and if you want that tool to become even better, you have to pay more because you're a bootstrap business. Like it's, I mean, you know, like uh, money doesn't come from the sky. Like it's, uh, exactly. it comes from the customers. So mm -hmm. if they like the product, if they see the value and if they are ready to pay for it, they should. And yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a smart move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think we, we kind of took a middle ground, right? Like mm -hmm. we're not grandfathering it and we're not forcing you up to the new plan, but we're giving you like, you know, a, a, a discount that's time, time capped, you yeah. know? So you feel like you get something, but it's, you know, you do have the support development. And I, I think the alternative option is like, let's say, you know, you were buying the tool and you got no updates. Is that something you want? You know, like, yeah. don't you want all the new features? Yeah. I think you can look at it that way too. Yeah, that's true. Back in the days, you know, they were like this. Uh, right. Versions. Every year versions. <laughs> yeah, and everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like SaaS, like we, we give you everything. Yeah. If you look at Candy from 2018 you know, to now, like crazy different product. Yeah, no, but uh, I agree. Not free. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and how do you come up with the two X whenever you're like yeah. how how exactly? Because it seems that you spent a lot of time on pricing. So, do you like check competitors? Do you see like perceived value? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you place yourself? I think this for us was just oh, it's a feeling, you know. Like we we have customers already paying around this price. We have business customers. So we have that to compare to, um, business customers are basically like custom price plan. Um, and so we have that as a data point, but we didn't, you know, we didn't do crazy surveys. We didn't do, uh, like deep investigation. You know, we could have at the very beginning, we considered bringing on like pricing consultants. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just felt maybe a little bit overkill, you know, let's just like in, in the spirit of canny, let's just like, <laughs> Let's do Make it. Make a decision, <laughs> do it next day, whatever, ship it, you know? Um, <laughs> did, did you just like roll the dice and then? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, no, no, it was, it was like a gut feeling, right? It's just like, okay, you know, worst case, we change it. Worst case, yeah. if, if we just want to change the number, that's not hard. We can change it down, not a big deal. I think for us, I don't know if this was a mistake or not, but we changed a lot of like, the packaging too. So, you know, before we were charging based on, you know, people who gave feedback. Now it's kind of charged by admins. So I think it was a lot for people to wrap their head around, which totally makes sense. And maybe we could have delivered that information differently, but can't take it back. <laughs> it's too it's late. <laughs> but it's learning for next time. Awesome. So I'll, yeah. I'll look forward to reading your articles about. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely going to write about this. Because how we doubled our price <laughs> and is and I need to know what's and, going next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll see. And uh, <laughs> and what was for you like? Uh, would you say like the the mistakes you've made in the last like four or five years, or thing that you would do differently? Yeah, yeah. I think I think when it comes to the product, like. 
sure you make little mistakes here and there, but they're, they're not like, there's nothing devastating. It all comes back to the people. Like that's it's, because it's you're like, in charge. That's because you're in charge of the product. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like it, it, I feel like, I mean, we're hiring for design right now and that's crazy for me. because that's like basically replacing my expertise. Uh, but I think it's important. And I think it's important to have someone's full brain on design. Whereas right now I'm, I don't know, 20% of my brain is on design. Um, but sorry to your question. I think the, biggest things were going back to hiring. Like just, okay. just like who, who is the right fit? Are these people good for the skills that we need, but also the culture that we want to build down the line? Um, and having those hard conversations, <laughs> it's, I mean, <laughs> yes, it's hard to fire someone, but at the end of the day, when it's done, it feels like Yeah, there is a weight that's removed. Oh yeah, of my course. God. It's yeah. like we made the right choice. Yeah. And so if if you even feel like you're hesitating, like, I don't know if this is right, like that's probably a no. <laughs> like, let's be real. It's probably, and I've probably made this mistake several times. It's like, I feel like, oh, you know, we just need to do this and it'll all be fine. Usually not. <laughs> <laughs> usually I was wrong. <laughs> usually, usually you were right from the beginning. Yeah. And so like, Yeah, I think it's trusting your gut a lot. Yeah, um, I agree. I think like there is, I, I don't remember we said that, but it's like uh, people don't like data, they like gut. I think someone was saying that and yeah. I, I 100% agree because <laughs> yeah. in the end we can collect so much data about a lot of things like measuring OKRs, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, like building a business is a lot about like your guts because your team, your people, how you're growing and mm -hmm. everything, it's changing price, what multiple to use. <laughs> It's all about the exactly. guts. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I think like for us too, like as bootstrappers, since we, we are our own bosses, like if you make a mistake, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like just go back and fix it, you know? Yeah. And that's a learning lesson for later. Like you're not reporting your members mm. to anybody else other than yourself. Um, so that's <laughs> one of the really nice things is we can feel mm. free to make mistakes and, No, I feel like it's the end of the world, you know, and, and, and like the team is behind you no matter what. And it's, it's funny that you're saying that, but I can definitely tell that, you know, you've been building Canny for now, like, uh, some years because yeah. in the early days for me, I, I, right now I feel exactly the same as you, you know, like I can be like, yeah, you know, we make mistakes, it's chilled, like we're our yeah. own boss, etc. But in the early days when you're not paying <laughs> yourself yet, it's like every mistake is like, I'm going to die. This is the end. Like it's over. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think we got lucky because we are first time founders, yeah. you know, it's not like uh, we, we've tried you know, several times and this is what worked. Mm. Um, I think we got really lucky. We just, we got, you know, Andrew worked for React Native. We got that. Like, you know, just people reading our blog. Like it just feels like a lot of it was luck. And I'm just like, please, just keep working, you know? <laughs> and at what mm. point, you know, do we say, oh, maybe this isn't working. Like we never had mm. to experience that really. Like we're, we're just really, really freaking lucky. And I think um, it's hard to replicate, but I think just being self, really self-aware and um, just, I don't know, checking in with yourself mm. and seeing if you're happy and if you're, you feel like in your gut that things are going in the right direction. Like it's all we can rely on really. Yeah. I, 100% align with that. <laughs> and um, during like uh, Kenny's lifetime, like uh, have you seen, was the growth always the same or did you hit plateau at some point or like slower growth or do you see seasonality? Like how do you react to like yeah. these changes? 
because the yeah. hockey stick it's super nice like on <laughs> but we all have like uh, when you zoom out it can be a right. hockey stick but months over months sometimes we have like a shit yeah. storm so yeah yeah i mean i think a seasonality is like one thing and i feel like that's kind of there for everyone is you know people aren't buying software and I don't know, Christmas, you know, <laughs> and that's expected. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say like, we do not have hockey stick growth and that, and I am totally fine with that. As long as we build a continue to build a profitable, like growing business, like we've never dipped in a month. Okay. We've never gone negative. Up and um, to the right. It's yeah. Uh... <laughs> as long as it's up and to the right, like that's yeah. great. And I feel like when it comes to like plateaus and you feel like, Oh, you need, you know, you need to change things up. Like that's exactly kind of what we do with pricing is like, we need to throw something in here. You know, we've done the same pricing and the same packaging for years. What if we did X, Y, Z and, you know, mm. give it a try. Uh, and so I think it, it's not only, you know, exciting from a business perspective, but also for the team and to get the team like rallying around something and say like, you know, this is cool. This could really, you know, make a big difference. Uh, let's like, you know, rally together and, and work on it and ship it. So I think, yeah, I think if you're bored, like figure, like try something new, like build, a, build a side project, like make some, make a video, do something dumb, you know? And, and even though it's not maybe what would be the most revenue driving, like it's, it's important to your own happiness and your own, you know, motivation day to day. So Yeah, I agree. You have to yeah. test like new things and, and try yeah. to implement them. Test and fail yeah. and learn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even if like, especially if you're, if you're, if you don't feel comfortable in it, I think that's when it gets exciting. Right. Like for us uh, at the very beginning when we didn't do any marketing, it was like, oh, you know, we're making pro like it feels since it's not our expertise, like everything is a win. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's exciting. And I feel like we should try to rep rep replicate that, that feeling, even though, you know, we're many more years down the line. Yeah. yeah it's still I, very much there. That's, that's the spirit. I think if you can <laughs> keep exactly like the same spirit as you're growing, it's like the, exactly. the best. And, uh, I mean, you are like the, the pro of getting feedback on your product. Uh, <laughs> so, so I think like, uh, I'd love to know, like, what are your tips? Like for someone, you know, who's building a SaaS, like, how do we get product feedback? Like, what's the best way yeah. like, to kind of like prioritize, ask questions? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we use Canary Solves, like, as I said, like, just, I mean, feedback is important and like, yes, you can collect as a spreadsheet, whatever from the early days, by all means, like do whatever you need to do to, to start and like build that into your culture. Right. Is you don't just build things like off the whim. You, you need to really listen to the people who are actually giving you money. I think that's the big thing, especially in SaaS. It's like, what are the people who are actually paying you? What do they want? Because if they're paying you, you're clearly solving a problem. Like that's the nice thing is money translate directly into I'm getting value out of this. I'm going to pay for this problem to be solved. Um, so that's nice. But then feedback is hard to navigate. You know, it's, there's so much of it. You know, what do you, what do you take seriously? What do you, what do you do with it? And so I think when people look at Canny, especially they're like, you know, this has the most votes. Like, why are you not building it? You know? Mm. Um, and it's like votes is like almost the smallest signal. It is signal, <laughs> but it's almost like one of the smaller ones. You know, we look a lot at, you know, how much MRR is this impacting? What is the opportunity revenue from this feature? You know, um, like who is giving this feedback, not just how many people. Um, and so there's a lot of that. And I think at the end of the day, we just prioritize and have a list of a list of things to work on. And even then it's not set in stone. Like we just did our Q2 roadmap and, you know, we have a list 
and our engineers pretty much look at the list and they're like, I'm going to work on X, Y, Z. And a lot of it is what do they actually feel would be fun to work on? Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's yeah. not the top of the list, like, like for example, one of our top requested integrations is Azure, Azure DevOps, uh, which sounds like even like not even from an engineering <laughs> perspective, like one of the least fun <laughs> <laughs> one of the least fun integrations to build. And so even though, you know, it's highly requested and people probably would pay for it, like... Do we really want to do this? <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't sound fun at all. I think we, we're just going to leave it there until it really, like, gains a lot of traction. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's not always about revenue, you know? Team yeah. happiness is super important. Like, what do our engineers want to improve on, right? Like, our engineers, for example, one of them um, wants to work on more backend projects. So, yeah, by all means, like, pick an in- integration or something on the list, even if it's not number one. Not a big deal. Like, we'll get to the most important stuff at the end of the day eventually anyway. So. Yeah, I like, I really like like this, uh, this mindset. And I, I do feel like it's also because you come from the product that you have, like, uh, because what you mentioned about like team happiness, et cetera, like that's something, that's something people like don't always like realize that, you know, like not all features are equal. Like the dev work right. is not the same. It's not as fun. Like, uh, yeah. some stuff yeah. are like a pain. Like, uh, I think if you, if you ask like developers to do again, like integrations and things like that, or these type of things usually are like not fun because you have to work on other people terms. It's exactly. not your, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and you are responsible for others, APIs that doesn't work, that don't exactly. work. And, and you yeah. never know what you're going to get, yeah. and what, if you're going to be able to build <laughs> what you want to anyway. So it's like, mm. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and whenever you ask like uh, feedback to your customers, like, what tips would you give to people in the way they should phrase it? Like, yeah, you know, like direct, indirect questions, like how, how you, how do you usually like gather this feedback to make it like super efficient? I mean, I think for us, when, when we collect feedback, we want to make giving feedback as easy as possible. Right. So just, mm-hmm. you know, type what you're thinking as the company and, or as a product manager or whatever, it's really our job to like dig into that if we need to, right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uncover the insights, really uncover what the, what the root of the problem is. What are they trying to achieve? That kind of stuff. And it's okay for the original, you know, feedback giver to leave some of that out. It's not really their job to give you feedback. It's really a nice thing that they're doing, you know? And so let them, you know, give as much thought as they want to. And then if you need to dig in, like dig in and do your job, you know, it's really your job. Like Candy does not replace product management. It's, it gives you an in. It gives you insight and gives you the tools to dig into that um, and investigate further. So, yeah, I think it's do your job, <laughs> like figure out what the problems are and and solution from there. Nice. And uh, I was wondering, like, because uh, early on you mentioned a little bit about like uh, how do you segment your existing customers? Because mm-hmm. you said like, okay who are you getting like feedback from? So I want to dig in or like get a bit of tips, you know, like when it comes to that. So for you, like, what do you look at whenever you ask like uh, customers feedback? And do you look at like, I don't know, like how many months they've been like paying for Mm -hmm. the product? Mm -hmm. How big is their ARPU, like average revenue per user, this type Mm -hmm. of things? Like how do you like kind of segment and prioritize based on that? Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's it's a lot of things that you said is especially right now for us, since we launched this free this free plan, 
Mm. You know, there's going to be a lot more interest from free users than there are because there are just so many more of them. Um, But at the end of the day, again, it's not about the number of votes, it's about who is voting. And so Mm. a lot of it, I mean, right now we're keeping it pretty simple. Like if they're paying us, great. Uh, We pull in opportunity revenue, which I think is huge. So if you're if you have a sales team and, you know, a feature would close a deal, we want to know that. Right. And we want to say, okay, okay, if we build X, Y, Z, we would actually you can literally see how much MRR you might get from building that feature. Mm. Um, so that's really nice. Um, but yeah, just like looking at MRR and then how much people pay us. I think I, I don't dig too much into the nitty gritty, like how long they've been a customer. Um, I think a lot of it is use case. I really try to look at what are the main use cases behind these feature requests and see if it fits in with our tool moving forward. Um, Cause I think a lot about that, like where does Candy fit in the grand scheme of like product management, right? Like I know for a fact, I don't want to build Jira. That, yeah. That's, I, I, there's a line there. And so it's-, it's I'm not it's gonna maybe, cross that line. Exactly. And maybe the line is a little bit fuzzy, you know, between project and product management. It's a little bit gray, um, but we should have opinions. I think that's one of the big things about Candy is we're trying to build an opinionated tool and not something that is like, super flexible. Mm. Um, I know there's pros and cons to both sides, but for us, I think being on the, on the opinionated side and saying, you know, this is how you should collect feedback. This is what you should care about. I think that's really important for us. Oh, it's super smart. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. Even, even as a way to just say, we're going to build a tool this way and not like have all these toggles and like all these options for people. Um, and really, yeah, just show our, show our stamp on what, how feedback should be handled. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I mean, we've been, time is flying, it's crazy. So we, we've I been know. discussing like uh, a lot of topics and uh, yeah. I, I usually like uh, like to kind of like wrap up, uh, you know, with, uh, with three mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. Um, the, the first one being like, uh, what's your, like the favorite book that you would recommend or podcast actually that you would yeah. recommend to another like bootstrap mm-hmm. entrepreneur? Yeah, I, I, this question always gets me <laughs> because I don't read to improve myself or listen to podcasts to like really improve myself. Like I, a lot of it for me is like escape from work, okay. you know? Um, so, I mean, one thing, if I can plug is our, we're launching a podcast uh in a couple of weeks, I think in a few weeks, we're just basically having like deep chats with, uh, nice. like head of products, you know, big, like product leaders. What's um, the name? So that's going to be called product chats. All right. um, <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, it's casual conversations, but it's really cool. I think like our, our sales person, Kayla has gotten some really cool guests. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, but otherwise, like for me, like I listen to stuff like, um, hidden brain, you know, it's like, it's like a podcast about, you know, how the human brain works. And it's not about, uh, oh, you know, do this to, I don't know, start a business. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't. Um, I just, I need it to escape from I understand. reality. <laughs> <laughs> from my terrible day-to-day life. <laughs> right. Awesome. Um, and I'll definitely check the, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool one. Um, and, um, basically like a uh, second question is, is there any like a uh, bootstrap founder that you are following mm. one in particular? Yeah. I think the one that comes to mind is Nathan Barry mm, from um, ConvertKit. Yeah. 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 I just feel like he, okay. Not only has he built like 
a humongous boost up business. But I think he does it in a very like humble way. And he's he, super chilled. Yeah, it's just like a chill. <laughs> yeah. Like he has a farm or something, yeah. and he's, like he's raising a family at the same time. It just feels like goals, you know. It's mm. like he. I feel like his writing style also, uh, like we, it resonates. It's kind of similar to ours, where it's just like sharing stories, just like being a human. Yeah, it's like telling people what's going on, and so I really admire that about about them. Yeah, about Nathan. Yeah, I agree. It's really cool. Um, yeah. and, uh, last questions, like what's mm -hmm. the one thing you do to regain energy during tough times? Ooh, yeah. Um, we adopted a dog during the pandemic. <laughs> so I love that. Like I was, you know, we're, we're at desks all day. Uh, mm. but my, like having a dog really just gets me out of the house, which I love, ah, you know, nice. when the weather's nice, just run around, you know, be carefree. Mm. Um, when I can travel, I travel for like two years straight before the <laughs> pandemic and then the mm. pandemic hit and was like nope you're, you're done <laughs> so there's that um and also like yeah like making things with my hands like i'm 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 a crafty person uh so What's when i'm the not, like on the did? computer you know <laughs> i make a lot of stuff for my dog like i make a, like i made her collar and nice. like i made her leash like it's really fun <laughs> um so mm. i love doing that kind of stuff Super, super. Well, Sarah, it was like really like an awesome chat. Learned a lot. Gee, thanks for having um, me. I appreciate that. How can people like uh, follow you and follow your journey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um, I'm not super active on Twitter, but I try to tweet like our milestones every once in a while. So at Sarah Hum, um, something I'm big on right now is actually my Twitch stream. Oh, nice. <laughs> I do co-working there and it's really cute because I don't know, I get to like support you know, people who are new in their careers, people who are still in school, stuff like that. And a lot of people have startup questions. So it's really fun. Um, I'm on Twitch at X humming. So you do, do you do like Twitch? What, like what, every time you're working, you put like, yeah, uh, three times a week. I right. really just turn the camera on and then we do Pomodoro. So 50 minutes of focus and then okay. 10 minute breaks where we just hang out and chat about things. Check it wow. out. It's kind of fun. Yeah. That's not, I will check this out. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Thanks. It's re it's really energizing, honestly, but because I don't get that social yeah feeling right now anyway, and with the pandemic still kind of kind mm. of going on. So it's been a really nice thing to connect with people. Awesome. Well, Sarah, <laughs> it was real pleasure having you on the show. Have a so have much, an awesome uh, day, and let's keep in touch. You as well. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Stories, the only podcast where bootstrap entrepreneurs share their journey in all transparency. If you enjoyed this episode, don't hesitate to leave us a review. And in case you want to see the interview, all episodes are live on the YouTube channel. Check out the link in the description and hit subscribe if you haven't already. Have an amazing day and make sure to also join us in our amazing Bootstrap community where we all helped each other to become successful and grow a profitable business. Take care and talk to you soon.